So what does it mean to be a Christian? To, well, I don't know. Tell you what, let's take a look. You open your Bibles to the Gospel of John. Chapter 13, verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. We've heard this, right? So you must love one another. Now by this, all men will know that you are my, what's this one? Disciples, okay. So Jesus actually never uses the word Christian. It's only in the Bible like three times. So it's never defined in the scriptures of what a Christian is. So you can't open up your book and say Christian and this is what a Christian is, this is what Christians do, this is what Christians believe. It's not in there. But disciple is. And disciple is an awkward word. It's a hard word. Like, you hear the word disciple, like, I'm going to disciple you. And you're like, I don't know if I want you to disciple me, right? Because it, it, ha- it has some power to it. It's got some, it has a demand to it. And one of the ways that I've heard this uh, taught before, and I don't think it's accurate, actually, because I want to redeem the word Christian, because I want to be Christ-like. I want to be a little Jesus, like God's called me to be. Now, um, one of the ways that I've heard this taught, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just going to put it into perspective, but the way that people that are really teachers and preachers that, that want to really push into the deeper things of, of God, what they'll say is, everybody can be a Christian, but not everybody is a disciple, right? You can be baptized, you can be Christ, christened, you can be, you can be confirmed, you can go through the membership classes, and then maybe somebody will give you a certificate that says that you're a Christian, I don't know. But it, it's like, you can be born a Christian, so that's, that's the idea, that's the mentality. Everybody can be a Christian, but not everybody is a disciple, because it is as if discipleship is even a higher level of commitment. I think that it is, because in the Bible we have discipleship. Described, point by point. We know what it is to be a disciple, and I think that they're synonymous. I think in order to be a Christian, you need to be a disciple. In order to be a disciple, you need to be a little Christ. Okay, that's just my, so again, I want to redeem this word. Disciple puts a demand on us. We have to have a moral code, right? We're trying to figure this out right now. If things change, we we have a moral code. You know, you you can't come to church naked. It's just, right? It's a moral code. It's almost an unspoken code, but it's a moral code. Uh, There is... A dedication to worship. Pastor John preached last week that a, you know a, a, a faith lifestyle, a disciple, a Christian, like they're worshipers. Like, that is our identity. Is we are worshipers. It's all over the Scripture. 
that that is who we are. That is what, that's how God created us. God created us to be worshipers. So it definitely fits the description of what a disciple is. Disciples worship. And I would even argue that we worship as a body, as together. I met another guy yesterday who is a Christian, and he won't go to church. He says, everything I know is in the Bible. I, don't need to, I, I know it better than the preacher. So I don't need to go to church. I don't need to worship. I'm like, I don't know about that one. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so, that, uh, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. I, if you love one another, okay? So here's the amazing thing. Like there's a, we could probably do an incredible inductive Bible study and we can list all of the little categories that, that make us and qualify us as a disciple, but Jesus is absolutely amazing, and then he narrows it down to laser focus to one specific thing. If you are a disciple of Jesus, I'll argue if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, one defining factor. You can boil it all down to one thing. If we love one another. And it's even very specific beyond that. Do you, do, you love, do you love your enemy? You're supposed to love your enemy too. But the world will know us. The world will recognize the Trinity inside of us when we love one another. Huh? That's the sign. That's the testimony. That's the outreach. That's what they need to see. They need to see you loving one another. Sure I do. All right, Second John, uh, verse four. It has been given me great joy to find some of your children walking in truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady. He's writing this letter to a lady. I am not writing to you a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Okay, so the first verse we read this morning was the Gospel of John. This is 2 John. It's the same author, right? I ask that we love one another. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his command. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So first, John, the gospel of John, he is recording what Jesus says. A new commandment I give you. John is a young man. He's soaking it up. He is a disciple. He's, he's just like, give me more, Jesus. This is changing my life. Jesus says, I want you to love one another. John doesn't say this, but, but Peter does. Uh, where are you going, Jesus? Completely misses the whole point. He doesn't ask, how do, we, how do we do this? Love. How do I love one another? Peter says, like, uh, where are you going? What's for lunch? Right? Completely misses it. 
I guess John didn't miss it. Like he took notes or something. Because in 2 John, when he's writing this, he is an old man. He is writing from prison. He has seen all of his friends die. He has seen the temple burn to the ground. And yet he writes this. What's the meaning of life? What's the purpose? How are you a Christian? How are you a disciple? He says, no, we must continue to love one another. Love is the element. Love is the thing that is our leverage in this world. And shortly after he dies, love redeems or conquers an entire empire. It's the first time in the history of the world, and we haven't really seen it since, that faith, hope, and love completely transformed a society. Rome became a Christian nation. Emperors converted to Christianity. Of course, they had their problems, but there was some purity in it from the very beginning. It changed everything. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, right? So, when we are walking, walking out, practically living this Christian lifestyle, we call it a walk for a reason, because you're moving, you're active, you're doing something, right? Have you heard this? Have you, have you heard this in Christianese? You know, how's your walk, brother? You know, right? Have you heard it? Usually when somebody asks you, how's your walk, brother? What they're really saying, hey, are you behaving yourself? Right? How's your walk, brother? Well, are you, you know, that, that's code for um, you're, you're, you're in sin right now. I need to straighten up. Right? How's your walk, brother? It was another, it's code for are you reading the Bible? Are you going to church? Are you, you know, so there's these things, okay? So, and I, I would say they're legitimate, Right? But walking, the faith walk is more than just checking up on your moral status at the time. The faith walk is more than just making sure that you're following the rules. When we're walking in the Spirit, that's something different altogether. Faith starts first. Like, you've got to be able to get out of the boat. You have to take a risk. You have to do something that you can't do within your own power, right? This is, this is the faith lifestyle. We are called and moved into areas that we can't do it within our own abilities. We have to put our faith and our trust in the Lord. Very difficult to do to get out of the boat, to take a leap of faith, to take that step. Faith. Hope. Hope, I believe, is the activation for walking in the Spirit on a day-to-day basis. Remember I said during ministry time, you feel like you're just floating around, right? You feel like you're a ghost in this world and you're just trying to punch your time clock, pay your bills, make sure that your spouse isn't mad at you. That just might be me. Um, you know what I mean? And you're just... you're. You're going from point A to point B, point A to point P. Let me just get this done. Let me, let me, let me just get through this thing. Right? Have you ever said that? Let me just get through this thing. And all the while, that attitude and that mindset is walking in the flesh, my friends. I'm sorry, but it is. And when we begin to embrace hope, the whole perspective of who we see, where we go, how we walk begins to change. 
walking in the Spirit, having that hope that activates it, like it's a lot of fun. Like Holy Spirit says things to you like, I want you to have a conversation with that guy, right? Holy Spirit begins to open up opportunities that you would normally walk right by because you've got these blinders on, right? You're in your lane. The world is telling you to get out of your lane. But when we're walking in the Spirit, um, conversations pop up that you wouldn't normally have. You get stuck in traffic, and instead of complaining about the traffic, you say, all right, Lord, what does this time delay mean for me and you? Are you in this time delay? What are you setting up? You never know. God could be in it. Oh, I don't want to take the time to talk to this person. It's going to suck the energy right out of me. If you're infused with hope, you'll know the right words to say, to speak life, to open up doors, and you just might be blessed in return. The disciple knows faith, hope, and love. He's walking in this hope. He's activated by divine appointments. When you're activated by divine appointments, like, the everyday is a little fun, funner, right? It, the drudge is not there. You're always on the clock. The disciple is always on the clock. Arrgh! Right? The disciple is always on the clock. You know, the Holy Spirit's not going to work you to death. But he just wants you to be available and to be obedient. You don't have to do the hard sell. You don't have to do the sinner's prayer. You used to have a conversation. And they're going to be attracted to the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. They're going to be attracted. The annoying person. Heaven is attracted to Jesus inside of you. What? I told that to the guy last night. Because he says, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got the God of the universe inside of me. And I said, so, so all of heaven's attracted to what's going on inside of you right now. He's like, yeah. He says, I know that. He's like, how did you know that? He's like, I don't know. No one ever taught it to me. But I know that there's something going on up here that wants to come down here. Yes. <laughs> right? And no preacher told him that. No book told him that. The Holy Spirit revealed that to him. Isn't that cool? Yes. Let me get the band to come on up to the front. So, here's, here's the application. You ready? You need to take notes. Here's the application. For us that are walking with the Lord, I'm going to encourage you to walk in the Spirit, but here's the hard part. Here's the most difficult thing. Here's the laser po focus. Here is the assignment in order to be a disciple. Is it... Us, we have to love one another. Lean in real hard, folks, because this week, I want you to think about whom you need to love in the Lord. Everybody. 
right? What would it be like if the world saw you loving your spouse publicly? What would it look like if the world saw you loving your kids? What would it look like if your, your, your neighbors who were atheists were like, man, you know what, I don't necessarily like what they're saying or believe, but I like how their kid treats my kid. Like there's something about that that I'm attracted to because there, there's a loving of one another. So this is the hard practical work. It's, it's actually hard to love people sometimes. Can I get an amen on that one? Uh, he just wants us to do it though. He wants us to be obedient and he wants us to love one another. He actually doesn't say love the world first. He says love the one another, the church, the body. Figure it out. Uh, repent if you have to. Ask for forgiveness if you have to. Whatever it takes to love somebody that's unlovable, God wants you to do it. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have this walk, and maybe you're, you're, one of the, you're like the guy that just got saved last month through the Alpha program, maybe you're that person, and the reason why um, you don't want to accept Jesus is because you don't like his followers. Have you ever seen this meme? Uh, Dear Jesus, protect me from your followers. Have you ever seen that one? I have a card. I, I didn't receive the card. I actually bought this card, but I got this card that says, uh, uh, <laughs> Jesus loves you, but everybody else thinks that you're a jerk. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> if you don't know Jesus, like have you been pushing back for all these years? Here's the thing. Uh, we're a lot like you. Uh, we're, we're a mess. We're, we're broken. We're cynical. We're mean to people. Uh, but we're really trying to fall forward here. And all the negative stuff that you see in the so-called Christians, all that negative stuff is actually a reflection of all the negative things that are inside of you that God wants to heal. We're really trying not to be judgmental. We're trying to walk in love. We're really trying not to be condemning. We're trying to walk in hope. We're really trying not to be pessimistic. We're trying to walk in faith. So, non-believer, here's an opportunity to walk with us. All those negative things that are in you, I, like Jesus wants to change them. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you brand new. Let's stand up and let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, we thank you so much for this, this time together. We thank you so much that, you, that, that we can walk in hope, that we can be activated by that, that we can have opportunities that arise because we're just a, a, a faithful disciple that is saying, all right, I'll do it. I'm on, I'm, there is no more clock. There's no more time card with you, Lord Jesus. I'm always on. God, right now, we just ask that you just set up divine appointments for us. Yes. And the hard work of loving each other this week, I pray right now that you speak to each and every person, and I pray that you give them a specific assignment on how they can show love to their fellow Christian. How do you love one another? Like, it's a specific thing, folks. You need to you lean in and listen to the Holy Spirit right now. He's going to tell you something very specific. Get your wife a card and stick it on her car while she's at work. You know, something like that. 
Take your kid to the movies. Something. Uh, make that phone call and ask for forgiveness. What is it? It's going to highlight specifically in each and every believer right now because he's calling us to love one another. And if you're the cynical non-believer that doesn't like Christians, come on in. Like, if this, even if this place is an obstacle, find a group that meets in a coffee shop and talk about Jesus. He's after you, and you can't avoid him. Let's just continue to worship. Actually, I need to send you off. Sorry, folks. All right. May the God of peace, God himself, sanctify you through and through. May your whole body, soul, mind, and spirit be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Walk in hope this week, God. Guys, God bless you. See you soon.